America's forgotten people, and it's better that way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of being forgotten people, what's it like living back home with your parents? Uh, terrible. I mean, uh, not terrible, but like, uh, it's a real lack of privacy that yeah. I had. Like, I'd cultivated quite a bubble around myself for years and years and years. Well, especially this last time you were living in an apartment alone. Yeah. So you could just do whatever with yeah. your dick out whenever. Oh, well, my dick was always out. Even when the blinds were up, <laughs> my dick was out. There was, a, there, was a, there was a fence. Oh, okay, yeah. On one side. I mean, people could walk along that walkway. Right. But if you don't want to see me naked, don't walk by my apartment. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I didn't invite you over. Exactly. Um, so there's less of that <laughs> right. to begin with. Uh, future of the podcast might be a little shaky. I might get grounded for watching <laughs> pornography. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's hope not. Yeah, but uh, watching today's film in particular, um, I started watching it uh, last night and got kind of tired. So I was like, I'll just finish this up when, you know, when I get up in the morning. Right. Which I was already dreading before I fell asleep because it was today, which is a Saturday. So I knew, like, my dad's not off doing one of his things and my mom, right. who never leaves, is definitely home. Um, so I had to watch about, like, the last, like, 50 minutes of this film with them just kind of, like, I can hear them through the wall talking. My dad woke me up at 8 in the clock in the <laughs> <laughs> this morning. We're recording about... Four or five days after election day, just hollering about how they should redo the election without absentee ballots. <laughs> so that's what woke me up this morning. Um, Wait, did he like come into your room to tell you that? At no, I could in the just. He, I think my mom was just watching CNN, which I need her to stop doing that anyway. So he was just <clears> hollering at your mom about it in the other room. Yeah, and I could hear it because he's loud. <laughs> so that's how he expresses any feelings that he has just by hollering. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but no, watching this movie, uh, the, the one point, the door's closed. I've closed the door. I've created as much as a barricade for myself as I can. <laughs> she opens the door to show me this Thanksgiving windsock. She's like, I'm going to hang this on your doorknob. And I'm like, you're absolutely not going to. <laughs> um, and also get out. I'm trying to watch pornography. <laughs> um, so I kept having to stop and start the film. So my notes on this one are a little sketchy, I'll say. Uh, but I think I, I persevered through it. Uh, no one caught me with my hand down my pants. <laughs> so I've got that ahead of some uh, former mayors, even. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I think we can make it through this one. What are we, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about Confessions of a Teenage Peter but. Well, Confessions. You can, you can keep messing that one up. We didn't even introduce the show. Today, Welcome again to the Raincoat Report, by the way. Uh, yes. We didn't do that, did we? No. Okay, well, we did it now. Okay, what are we talking about today? Uh, this, this is this is Boss here with Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> you just heard all about me. I thought, I thought you were going to introduce yourself and me. On myself when you took the reins to do that introduction. No, that was just an unhinged rant. I mean, I guess really, I don't know. It doesn't matter if they know who we are. None of this matters. Oh, they all know who we are by now. Yeah. The world knows our names. 
Yeah, we are public enemy number one. Um, <laughs> I went uh, camping last week with uh, some of my friends, uh, and they had to remind me that they are a listener in Virginia. Oh, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> the people uh, directed to shake down the fence of the White House. Oh, okay. This is my friend who probably will not. But uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Uh, thanks for our listener in Ireland. Uh, who may or may not still be listening. It's hard to tell by the analytics, but yeah. uh, thank you. Thank you to them, to uh, our friend from Virginia. To, uh, I think uh, we have one or two in Washington. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, we're at, we're at the level of fame right now where we can call out the locations of our listeners because there's that few. Yeah. That's uh, good, but though. thank you. Yeah, thank it's you. A, it's a fun, tight-knit family. Yeah. Lots of uh, all enjoying it. The bots, uh, <laughs> all the bots that follow us on on social media. Yeah, so many. <laughs> but yeah, today we're talking about Confessions of a Teenage Peanut Butter Freak from 1975, which I saw credited as directed by Gerald Greystone, uh, but IMDb has it as Zachary Strong or yeah. as Zachary Youngblood. Yeah. Uh, who definitely, at the very least, played the role of Billy and was a co-writer mm-hmm. and probably also directed it. I think so. Um, I believe he has directed a few things that I've seen that we haven't covered on here. No, I was Yeah, I was kind of looking through like some of the films you had that, from him. I saw he did one with uh, Kurt McDowell of uh, Thundercrack. Oh, he yeah. He co-directed it. I don't remember what the title was, but that'd be a fun one to check out soon. Uh, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's Little Show-Offs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I haven't seen that one yet, so that would be cool. We'll have to check it out at some point. Definitely. There's also Constance Money of the opening of Misty Beethoven fame. Oh, excellent. Also in Mary Mary and Barbara broadcast, so there's some stuff we could uh, go back to. So, yeah, uh, but, of course, the biggest name attached to this one would be uh, Mr. John C. Holmes. Yes. Uh, who plays the role of Jeff, the questionable friend. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll we'll dig into all of that here in a moment. Um, there's not, like, a whole lot of background for me to give. I did see that uh, there was... Uh, an interview with uh, the director as one of the commentary tracks, and mm-hmm. I think there was an interview with one of the uh, other actors or actresses in the film as another track, but I didn't get a chance really to listen to any of that. So, mm. you know how it is. We have to prepare and get drunk and try to podcast, and yeah, sometimes it works out better than others. But It's fine um, right now. It's going great. It's going great. Jeremy's living at home with his parents. You're spying on me constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting about polls. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that your dad would have a reaction to finding out that you were watching pornography in your room? Uh, I don't know. Because uh, I found a bunch of his, like, penthouses when I was a kid. So, you know, oh, yeah. he's at least, you know, he knows about pornography. Yeah. I don't know if he, I don't know what I'm going to be like what i'll tell them if they catch me i'm like i'm doing this for work <laughs> this is my job now um yeah i don't know if it's more or less embarrassing to get caught by your parents watching pornography when you're 
in your 30s versus yeah. in your teenage age? Yeah, uh, probably more, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep it. I usually watch them at night. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, I was forced to during the day. <laughs> but really, it seems like anytime I try to watch pornography during the day, someone shows up. <laughs> when I was watching The Sorceress at the old place, that guy was out there just like, I don't think he was just chiseling all the old paint off the windows the entire time. <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, just peering in through the windows at me, making eye contact while chiseled. <laughs> the old chisel job. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit of background here for Confessions of a Teenage Peanut Butter Freak and uh, Jeremy's current living situation. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and take a quick break here, and then we'll be back in a moment to talk a bit more about Confessions of a Teenage Peanut Butter Freak. Well, when I'm tired and depressed and need a quick energy pickup, I reach for the jar of Yonkers Peanut Butter. It's high protein content. Gives me the lift I need to get through the day. Yonkers peanut butter. Chock full of natural, energizing vitamins. Either crunchy or smooth. I love them both. It's a natural high. Alright, so let's talk about confessions of a teenage peanut butter freak. Why? Uh, I don't know, because it's our job. Oh, yeah. Uh, our job that we don't get paid for. Well, let's get into it. Um, if, you love, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, which is, I'm really testing that out. <laughs> uh, so the film opens uh, immediately with a housewife complaining to the camera. Um, it's a commercial for Yonkers Peanut Butter. It's chock full of natural energy and vitamins. It's a natural high. Oh. So we see her cleaning the kitchen at high speed. At the end, we see her all dressed up in a nice dress. And uh, she says, it's irresistible. And now so am I. Uh, and then we get the end of the commercial there. So that was fun. Yeah. And um, important to the plot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be more important to the plot than it ended up being. But, right. Uh, usually when I eat like a bunch of peanut butter, I just fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm not usually running through and getting a lot done in my life. Yeah, if I'm just sitting there eating peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon, it's probably because <laughs> I woke up at 2.30 a.m. <laughs> right. You're going to go right back to sleep. Yeah, all the proteins for nothing. Exactly. It's needed because I have a real nut deficient since the covid crisis began i can't get my protein in the usual way <laughs> you're uh, quite nut deficient yeah that's true that's a bummer well you know we'll, we'll get back out there the presidents they picked a new president and they kept promising us the virus would be over <laughs> so i think it's gonna be by the time this is out no people will be like what are you talking about what virus what virus <laughs> I'm sure it'll be done in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's just going to disappear. It's going to be great. Yeah, and then then you can get all the nut you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's raining nut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, after this commercial, we see a guy playing harmonica, and then we see it's like a whole band on stage, and they're playing this bluesy 70s rock. 
Um, well, the band is Star Mountain, as the credits reveal. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah, they suck, so I'm not really surprised. <laughs> uh, we get our credits here. Um, Zachary Strong, a.k.a. Zachary Youngblood, is credited as Rex Roman here as Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see... Billy at a table with his date Brenda as they cut to the audience while this uh, musical performance is going on. Billy is eating a piece of bread with peanut butter on it, as he does through a lot of the film. After the song ends, he asks Brenda if anything interesting happened at the bank, and she says it's the usual deposits and withdrawals. Billy then orders another open-faced peanut butter sandwich, Chunky. Which is just peanut butter on bread? Yeah. Okay. It's not really a sandwich. Yeah. Well, an open face sandwich is like that, but I would usually expect two pieces to it, at least. Yeah. No, yeah, you'd cut it, and then you can see the face of the... the you watch it as you eat it. But <laughs> in this case, it's just a slice of bread with some peanut butter. Right. Uh, chunky. Yes. Call it crunchy. Don't call it chunky. <laughs> We cut to Billy parking his car in front of, I guess, Brenda's house. Car's and, name's Herman. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's a credit. <laughs> there's, a, there's a credit for the car? Yeah, his name is Herman. Excellent. Yeah. So, Billy's awkwardly chatting with her about the band. Uh, he says that he should be going home, but she invites him in. Uh, he agrees and then says, are you sure? It's getting really late. So she gets upset about that and says, you're probably right. And she leaves. Uh, but in her attempt to storm off, she realizes that she can't get out through the door. So she has to crawl over him to get out the driver's <laughs> side, which adds extra awkwardness to the situation. Yeah. So we see Billy being sad driving around the town and he ends up stopping at a gas station and is greeted by priscilla who works at the gas station uh clearly he knows her because they have a bit of a rapport here already um he asks her for a couple bucks of super regular uh, and she happily hooks him up and we see the gas gauge filling as she's filling up the car very suggestively yeah very a lot of stroking of the the pump apparatus yeah. <laughs> She's wiping his windows, and she's smiling at him, and he's not really paying that much attention. Uh, but she tells him that she's getting off in ten minutes, so he can take her home. Uh, she says that she has some wild natural peanut butter he can try. Yeah. So uh, he agrees. This guy's a real peanut butter freak, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he looks weird, too. Uh, I made a note, like, when he originally appeared, they kind of looked like Harry Potter, but... He's got like this, uh, he kind of looks like a Danish guy that I know. <laughs> He's got this kind of like sort of receding hairline with longer hair. And then just like these giant like Isaac Asimov style like sideburns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and these little round Harry Potter, John Lennon glasses. So, <laughs> you know, he looks like a little nerd. And he is. Yeah, he sure is. So we see them arrive at... Uh, priscilla's place uh she offers him wine or beer but he tells her that the peanut butter's all right she doesn't have to do anything special for him so she comes back in the room in a shirt where you can almost see her nipples through it 
Uh, she sits down with some wine and some wine glasses and hands him a piece of bread with peanut butter on it. She pours some wine for him and seems to kind of force it on him because he wasn't into it at first, but, you know, whatever. So she asks him why he's so nervous, and he says that he's not, but she notes that he's definitely not relaxed. He explains he has a hard time relating to girls. Uh, he goes to light a cigarette, and he's kind of stuttering as he talks to her. Um, he's talking about how Some Like It Hot comes on on TV at 11, and asks if she wants to watch it, and she doesn't, but she says that she wants to listen to him. He spills some wine in nervousness, and she starts to clean it up, and she asks if he's always this nervous around girls. She asks if he can be relaxed around her. And then he explains something happened to him when he was little. She asks what it was. She says she's a good listener. He tells her that he hasn't told anybody about it before. But she cradles his hand and starts rubbing his arm. Um, and this is when we get our first kind of uh, cutaway uh, vignette. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of these in this film. This is almost like a... A framework for an anthology of sexual ex escapades. Yeah, that's kind of how the film works, shakes out. So, he mentions how when he was young, he used to masturbate a lot, and he had been given some dirty magazines by his friend that we later learn was Jeff. Yes. Uh, so we see a flashback of him jacking off to a magazine. Now, I can't remember the exact setup for this. Is it, Was it that his Aunt Opal had called for him? And then he thought that she was going to wait for him in the living room long enough for him to finish, but she just kind of uh, walked in. Something like that. I think yeah. like his parents were away from home and his yes. aunt was there to visit. Right. And she just kind of just kind of opens the closed door. Uh, <laughs> does this hit close to home It for does you? hit pretty close to home. <laughs> It just opens up uh, just any door they please and wanders into something they shouldn't have been a part of. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he makes a real mess. Yes, he does. So she walks in and she's holding bread with peanut butter on it. Um, the first, you know, again, this theme. Uh, she sneaks up on him. He apparently doesn't notice that she's walked into this room. I feel like he should. Uh, but she asks him, what on earth do you think you're doing? And she kind of bends down over him. But it's at this point that he's coming, and he just sprays his cum all over her face as she leans down. Yes. Which seems like a very contrived scenario, but there you go. Um, so she goes into another room and cleans her face off, but then she comes back in and asks for him to kiss her and feel on her breasts. She asks him, do you like Aunt Opal's breasts, Billy? Lick them. <laughs> so she starts blowing him, and then she tells him, Did you see how I did that? Do that to me. But he says, But I can't do that to you. Just get down there and act like a man. Yeah, exactly. So he gets down and reluctantly kisses around her vagina lightly, and she continues to get on him. She tells him that he needs to do what she says, and threatens to tell his mom he was masturbating uh, and he tells her not to so then she tells him that she's going to give it some flavor so she reaches over on the nightstand 
and wipes up a dab of peanut butter off of the bread that she had carried into the room uh, and uh, rubs it on her labia. So uh, Billy licks at it a bit, and then uh, after a minute she goes, Now your penis, Billy. <laughs> so he gets on top of her, but he can't figure out penetration, yeah, basically. He's, he's a very awkward kid. <laughs> Indeed. So she throws him on his back on the bed and gets on top of him and starts to ride him cowgirl. Yes. Um, and it's here that we know that Billy appears to have some sort of rash on his balls at the time. <laughs> like a red discoloration that drew my eye yeah um i think that at this point there's a flash where opal turns into priscilla for a minute oh yeah there's a lot of those little like weird cuts like that throughout the film yeah it's uh kind of like dark dreams in that sort of way yes yes because we see a lot of that in dark dreams i just think about dark dreams dark dreams <laughs> <laughs> So she finally gets off and kind of falls backwards. Uh, then she tells him that his mother might be back any moment and he needs to get dressed. And uh, she also tells him never to tell anyone about this. Uh, so she leaves the room and he immediately starts masturbating after she left. Uh, he didn't get off, I guess, in this whole situation. Uh, she just got what she wanted and left. Aww. So Priscilla asks how anyone could do that to him. She asks if he still masturbates, and he says he does. She asks if he's crippled, and he says no. She asks if he's blind, and he mentions that he wears glasses. <laughs> then she asks him, was your brain turned into mush? Did you go insane? And he kind of s- silently reacts to that, and then she asks if he wants another peanut butter sandwich, which again is just a piece of bread with peanut butter on it, but whatever. Uh, She leaves the room and calls him into the kitchen to see this new peanut butter she got. He walks in. uh, She starts talking to him, explaining that she used to masturbate a lot as a teenager, sometimes three to four times a day. He asks her if she still does, and she tells him she does. Uh, She goes to hand him another peanut butter bread, and he drops it. So, uh, he, you know, is upset about that and apologizes, but she starts to make another sandwich and asks about his other experiences. He explains that the Aunt Opal situation didn't give him any confidence, like, uh, as Aunt Opal had said that it would. It just made things more awkward. So he explains how another time he went to visit an aunt and uncle. Was this a different aunt? I mean, it doesn't go into the situation. I have no idea. Okay, well, he went to visit an aunt and uncle, and he showed up at the house, but when he did, there were two women partially (laughs) naked making out in bed. Yeah. uh, On a waterbed. Yeah, there's another waterbed. (laughs) It's just like in pulsating flesh. Uh, So we see Billy creep into the room and hide behind a tiny dresser and a plant uh, in a way that is very unconvincing that he would be hidden. Yeah. (laughs) uh so they finish getting naked and they make out and one fingers the other one yeah but that's uh yeah this is his cousin by the way yes so his cousin tells her girlfriend here that she has a surprise for her so she gets the strap on out of a bedside dresser and tells her girlfriend that she wants her to uh fuck her with it 
Now, again, this is that 70s strap-on that's like one single strap that yeah. uh, goes around the, the waist, the waist yeah. right? Uh, so it's basically a dick belt more than anything else. Right. <laughs> and uh, it it's a- before we had the technology where we had the third strap there to connect everything in between the legs so you could get it down at the crotch level. Yeah, it was a... Uh, when she starts, it's like at her like belly button. Yeah. And she just kind of has to figure it out from there yeah she kind of has to uh kind of position herself kind of sideways on her to do yeah, it very primitive it's very primitive not not the strap-on technology that we have today yeah science figured it all out i'm glad thank I'm, thanks science yeah i'm glad science is doing something good besides <laughs> uh making nukes and, uh, <laughs> dumping poison or whatever they they like to do it's what they love to do they love to dump poison and fuck around with the fabric of reality <laughs> so as this is going on billy creeps out from behind the dresser and is kind of touching his crotch and as he's standing and watching he farts really loud <laughs> <laughs> and then the two girls stop and see him obviously yeah his cousin's really pissed about this and asks if he knows what happens to spies she tells him that they get fucked so his cousin's girlfriend holds him down and the cousin says that she's going to go to daddy's room to get handcuffs. How does she know her dad has handcuffs? I don't know. Maybe her dad's like a cop. Or a pervert. Or a pervert. Maybe she knows her dad's a pervert. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they handcuff his hands behind his back. Uh, and they sit the key uh, at bedside on the dresser to the left of the bed. Uh, they pull off his pants, and his cousin licks his ass and starts fingering it. Uh, both girls spank him a bit. He says that he's sorry, but they say it's not enough. So his cousin starts blowing him, and the other girl is rubbing her labia all over his nose and his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then gets on top of him cowgirl. At this point, I notice his hands are at his side, so they're unhandcuffed. She rides him a lot, and the cousin uh, starts licking her girlfriend's butthole a bit while this is going on. Uh, and then the girl who is riding him starts to ride him uh, anally in Cowgirl. Yeah. And uh, Billy's cousin keeps rubbing her girlfriend's ass and licking her nipples as this goes on. And then his cousin's girlfriend uh, dismounts him and starts to make out with the cousin. The cousin holds Billy's dong while uh, her girlfriend blows him. And then uh, Billy's cousin starts to ride him reverse cowgirl. At that point, uh, the girlfriend says, let's take off his cuffs. So uh, (laughs) he was supposed to be handcuffed that whole time. He wasn't. I mean, I don't blame him because on your back with your hands handcuffed behind you, that'd be... Super uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. But, you know, it's a continuity issue. Whatever. Yeah. They're fun. The cousin leans to get the key, and it's on the dresser on the opposite side of the bed that it was originally placed on. I did notice that. (laughs) So, after taking off the cuffs, his cousin starts riding him again. Uh, Eventually, he finishes, and she yells, You came in me, you fool! Your own cousin! (laughs) Uh, she says, I don't take the pill or anything. So she starts to cry, and 
Her girlfriend kisses her, and then uh, her girlfriend starts going down on her. I don't think you can get too mad at the guy you decided to rape if he accidentally comes inside of you. Yeah, I think that that's uh, an unreasonable... Yeah, she's being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, he notes that they went back to having sex with each other and ignored him, and he felt, you know, ignored and left, yes. so... Priscilla asked Billy if he had gotten his cousin pregnant, and he hadn't, but he didn't hear from his cousin for a while after that. Um, so from there on, he said that he was worried about getting girls pregnant, and Priscilla asked him if he knew about contraception, and he said, of course he does. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, Priscilla tells him that she knew how he felt, not about the contraception part, but about how he felt. She said that she was playing hide-and-seek with her friends one time, but they were playing it where the person who was it had to hide. So she said that her friends had been looking for her. Uh, this is Les and George. So her friends, Les and George, are stalking around, kind of looking for her. Uh, they say that one of them says to the other that the person who finds her gets to ball her first. Yes. Um, so one of them spots her and yells to the other one and they start chasing her down a hill. George, the white dude, catches her and gets a hold of her and pulls her shirt off. But as he pulls her shirt off, she slips away. She says, you turkeys haven't caught me yet. <laughs> yeah, she seems distressed until she gets away and then it's fun again. Right. So she's somewhat agreed to what's going on and kind of into it. So they catch her again and pull her to the ground. Uh, they pull off her skirt and her socks as she fights to get away. Yeah. Uh, George says that anything's fair in this game. She's like, oh, yeah, and she kicks him in the balls and runs <laughs> off. Les chases after her into the trees. At this point, it's kind of like Countess Perverse. Yeah. That she's just running naked from them. Yeah. So she stops kind of getting her breath and Les sees her undressing quickly and running after her uh he grabs her and says that he got her so she says uncle but then he pulls her to the ground and she says this isn't part of the game and he says this is a different game and she says she doesn't know if she likes this game he tells her well let's find out <laughs> uh, at this point <laughs> george shows up and les yells come on in the water's fine <laughs> So George uh, undresses and starts going down on her. Uh, Les tells Priscilla that he wants her to suck his cock. She says she's never done that before, uh, and he guides her through it, telling her to just put it in her mouth and suck, but don't bite it. Yep. Uh, so Good advice. She does it for a while, and then George comes up by her head. Uh, George mentions that sometime him and Les played this game together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Les seems defensive and objects to him saying that. <laughs> they ask if she can suck both of their cocks together, so she starts blowing them back and forth. They lay her back down in the grass, and Les starts fucking her missionary as she blows George. And then Les lays down, and Priscilla starts blowing him while George kind of fucks her sideways from behind. Les says, hey, George, I'm going to come. George says, don't worry, I have this under control. So then George pulls out and comes on her pubes, and then 
Les comes as uh, Priscilla kind of wipes his dick all over her face as he's coming. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand what this shout out between George and Les was. I don't know. Uh, George had George had to come before Les did. Yeah. He, that's how they play their games. Yeah, that's how they play their games. Priscilla says, well, boys, I caught you, so I guess I win this game. Uh, then the guys say, good game, and they bump fist and stuff, and then do, just walk off together, yeah, leaving her alone. Complicated handshake to celebrate a game well played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what a game it was. It goes back to her talking to Billy, and she mentions that she was upset that they left her alone and treated her like an object. So she mentions that those girls had used him like those boys had used her. At that point, Billy offers her a bite of his sandwich, and she declines. <laughs> Billy says that her experience, at least she knew she was playing a game, but in his, he didn't know what was happening. At times, it felt nice. and others, it felt humiliating and painful. He explains that he didn't have another affair in it for another year or so. She said it was about the same for her. Priscilla asks Billy if he wants to continue the conversation in her bedroom. He said that if she's tired, he could leave. She says no. Um, oh, Billy. He asks if he can make another peanut butter sandwich, and she says it's okay and tells him that he can bring the jar with him. He said that'll be his last, but she convinces him to bring it anyway. So we cut to them in her bedroom. Billy's telling the next tale. He explains that his friend Jeff led to this next encounter. He was the one who had given him the porno mags from earlier. We see Billy wearing a Mr. Peanut t-shirt uh, in this faux store uh, where he's sniffing peanut butter. Yeah, just sniffing it and taking little dabs of it and just yeah. looking on it. <laughs> yeah, he gets some on his fingers and starts licking it. They don't explore his peanut butter like obsession enough to for me to understand it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that... I'll, I love peanut butter, though, so I, I kind of get it, but I've never felt the need to like do a taste test in the store. Yeah, I feel like that's generally frowned upon, but I yeah. guess when the only one watching the store is stupid Jeff. Yeah, the only one watching the store is John Holmes. You can pretty much <laughs> just do whatever you want. So yeah, Jeff is played by John Holmes, the big dicked freak. <laughs> <laughs> um So it's explained that this was the store that Jeff worked in, and Jeff sneaks up and tells him that... He uh, had hooked Billy up with a woman, Gloria, who's gorgeous and game. Billy seems hesitant about this, but Jeff tells him he can trust that he knows what he's talking about and says the girl will ball him. Yes, and she's a chess master, and you know how they are. Yeah, he explains that she's a chess master, and you know how they are. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's really licking peanut butter off his fingers while he's talking to him. Uh, another guy comes up and distracts Jeff, telling him to look over there. And while he does, he opens up his coat and grabs a jar of peanut butter and stucks, sticks it into his coat and then walks away, winking at the camera. Yeah, one of my favorite moments of the film. It's just really <laughs> endearing and goofy. So Jeff and Billy finish their conversation. Jeff walks off and Billy's back to shopping for peanut butter. You would think that with the peanut butter obsession he had, he would know what peanut butter he wanted. Yeah, well, he's just always, you know, they're always tinkering with the formulas and stuff in the in the uh, Jiffy Lab, and you know, yeah. so he's always got to just kind of test the product. Fair enough. 
Also, maybe he doesn't have any money. He's just some poor kid licking his fingers to get by. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Is that what you stoop to these days? Uh, yes. <laughs> I even like, my mom best creamy. I hate creamy, but, you know, I'll eat it. <laughs> Billy, in his narration, explains that he didn't know if he could trust Jeff, but he was curious, so he came over to Jeff's place. We see them sitting on the couch as uh, Jeff's doorbell rings. They answer it, and it's Gloria, the chess wizard. We know that it's Gloria, the chess wizard, because she shows up with a chess magazine. Yes. <clears throat> that is um, uh, facing the camera, of yeah, course. of course. How else do you know she's a chess master? Uh, I think John Holmes played chess at all. Um, I don't know. He had a chessboard on his coffee table. Yeah. And later on, she says that she's going to stop giving him chess lessons. So I guess the the narrative is that he at least had a chessboard for her to give him chess legend le, uh, legions chess, chess legions chess lessons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, does you think John Holmes played chess? Oh, uh, John Holmes himself? I don't think so. I don't think. I feel like he might have had a chessboard. But he wouldn't have known how to play it. He played it like checkers. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> he would get mad if you tried to correct him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't play chess either, though. So, you know, I'm a real dumb caveman piece of shit. But... I know the rules to do it, but I'm not any good at it. I remember playing 3D chess a little bit, like on my like old Windows 3.1 computer way back. <laughs> And the uh, the little guys would come to life, and they would just beat up on each other. And I thought that was fun, but yeah, that was probably battle chess. Yeah, it was battle chess, and I wasn't good at it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would just my little men would always just get beat up. <laughs> awesome. Yes, battle chess years. The days of battle chess. So, uh, the chess master Gloria immediately asked Billy if he plays chess. <laughs> So she's got one thing going on her in her mind. She loves chess like he loves peanut butter. So she sits on the couch and starts reading the chess magazine. Jeff tells them that he'll be back in a minute and kind of winks at Billy. So Billy sits down next to her and asks what she's reading. She tells him it's a magazine. <laughs> then they awkwardly pause for a moment and then he's like, Well, uh, what's the article you're reading about? She says, Chess. <laughs> Very helpful. Uh, how do you feel about John Holmes as like this like hitch-type matchmaker? I think he's very bad at his job. Yeah. He's incredibly bad at his job. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that if this is his uh, route in life, he needs to get a different idea altogether. Was this uh, one of the first films he was in? Um, no, this is 74, 75. Okay. Uh, I think the first uh, Johnny Wad film is like 72. So. Okay. All right. We haven't covered any of those yet. I'm mostly familiar with him working with uh, Bob Chen, but then yeah. the ones we've watched have been later than I think this one. So yeah. my timeline, I don't have one. Yeah. Well, actually, Bob Chen directed the first Johnny, Johnny Wad films I was as well. But yeah, we've only watched. Right. We've only watched the later stuff. My brain's messed up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2020. It's been a rough year. There's a lot going on. Really confused all the time. <laughs> so Billy's trying to mack on her uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, he tells her that life is like chess in a lot of ways. Uh, she's not responding to him. 
So we see Jeff looking at Billy from the other room, trying to coach him through the situation. Uh, Billy puts his arm around her, but doesn't like put it all the way around her. He goes like he's going to do it and kind of barely touches her. And we see Jeff motioning that he should try to grab her boob, but he's not going for it. Billy tells Gloria that he needs to relieve himself, so he walks out of the room and Jeff and him start talking. Jeff keeps telling him that she wants it and Billy just needs to make the move, and Billy says he's not sure. Uh, After a little back and forth, Jeff tells him that he's going to get her all set up. Basically, his idea is that uh, Jeff is going to get her started up for him, and then basically uh, Billy's going to come just switch spots with him. So Jeff's coaching him, tells him to breathe deep, take some time, get undressed, and wait for his signal. So then Jeff walks into the room with uh, Gloria, and he takes her magazine away and just starts making out with her. And she goes along with it. So, just seconds later, he's pulling down her panties as they make out more. Uh, She pulls her dress off and uh, he starts fingering her. Billy's watching and he starts to take his shirt off. Uh, Jeff has a pinky ring. Pretty uh, notable pinky ring here. Yeah. Um, This is at this point that I notice that he's got a chessboard here. And I don't feel like Jeff is the type to play chess, but again, it kind of gets mentioned later that maybe Gloria was giving him chess lessons for some reason. I guess it's an excuse, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, Billy finishes undressing as uh, Gloria starts blowing Jeff. Uh, Billy's watching this whole time, at first kind of just shaking his dong every few moments, and then eventually he starts kind of stroking it to this. Jeff fingers her. She asks him to fuck her, so Jeff lays down. Gloria rides his dong. We get uh, all of this while Billy's wagging his boner around and jacking it. Uh, At one point, she sticks her middle finger in her ass while uh, Jeff's fucking her. Uh, Eventually, Billy approaches them and taps Jeff on the back, and Jeff gets up, and Billy gets on top of her and starts fucking her. And Jeff is sitting on the other side of the room just kind of stroking his dick. We get a cutaway of her dripping cum off of her fingers and going yuck, like for a second, and then back to Gloria getting fucked by Billy. And she tells Jeff to come in her. uh, And of course, for some reason, she doesn't know that it's not Jeff fucking her anymore. She can't tell the difference between like a 13 inch (laughs) dick and like a 7 inch one. Right, apparently. And apparently Billy comes in her and she realizes that it's Billy and not Jeff. So she puts her finger in her vagina and pulls it out with the cum on her fingers and says, yuck, as we saw before. Billy leaves and she tells Jeff, that slime's got a slime all over me. (laughs) Uh, She tells Jeff no more chess lessons, but then immediately starts blowing him. And then he comes on her face. Billy tells Priscilla back to uh, them in Priscilla's apartment. Uh, Billy tells Priscilla that Gloria was the last girl he was with, uh, and the last girl that Jeff or anyone else tried to turn him on to. Priscilla says that's sad. Um, He says he doesn't know what's expected of him when he's with a girl, and Priscilla says there's nothing expected of him, just needs to relax. He says he doesn't know how to seduce women, 
She says it's easy to do if a woman wants him to make love to her. He says no one does, and Priscilla tells her that she does. He asks her why, and she says because she loves him. He says he's afraid of disappointing her, but she says he won't disappoint her. So we see her undress, and he calls her beautiful. And she says he's beautiful, too. We watch her blow him through his boxers as we get some acoustic guitar music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then we get more uh, more sex here. She's blowing him without boxers. He licks her nipples and tells her that he loves her as he's fingering her. Uh, he starts licking her clit and kissing around her vagina as she fondles her breasts. They have missionary sex while they have a very, very tonguey makeout session. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of them making out uh, as the camera kind of zooms out and we see peanut butter in the foreground. Uh, we see him fucking her from the side a bit. And he goes, oh, Priscilla, my peanut butter baby, I think I'm gonna. And then she <laughs> says, oh, come now. Uh, so he comes in her and then she offers him some cum from her fingers. Yeah. And then she says to try it and says that he'll like it. So he licks it and he tries it. And then she asks him how it would taste with peanut butter. And he says, there's only one way to find out. (laughs) So he goes to reach for the peanut butter and falls out of bed. And she smiles, uh, in amusement at all this. Uh, and then we get like a freeze frame on this and I was like, oh, I guess this is the end of the movie. Yeah. They, no. they like each other and he's going to eat his cream pie out of her with some peanut butter on her vagina. I assume you were wrong. I was wrong. I was, (laughs) I was hoping that was how it ended. You don't know where Zachary Strong's mind is going. Clearly not. So we cut to them getting married and we see like a pillow where there would be, like be a ring, but there's a piece of peanut butter bread on it. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, there's another one with a piece of jelly bread that we don't see immediately. Yes. We then we as this is all going on, we get cutaways of scenes earlier in the film where women were talking to him and saying crazy things, mostly. Yeah. Um, and then we also see a few of the people in those flashbacks in the room, like Jeff. Uh, His aunt, I believe, is in the room. Yeah. As part of the ceremony, she takes a swig of wine. I don't know. This was some weird Jewish wedding. Yes, it was. uh, I think it's a standard Jewish wedding. Uh, Is there peanut butter and jelly at a standard Jewish wedding? I don't know. They don't let me go to those. (laughs) That's why I assumed it was a weird one. Okay. I'm just saying that I assume that that's not normal, but perhaps it is. I don't know. Well, if you're Jewish, get in touch and let us know. <laughs> they kind of say their I do's with each other. And then we see the peanut butter and jelly breads pass toward the husband and wife. And uh, Priscilla, the bride here, starts to eat a few bites of the jelly bread. But Billy isn't eating his peanut butter bread. And as this goes on for moments... Uh, Priscilla starts to seem kind of saddened that he's not eating his peanut butter bread. Yeah. And he's just staring at the bread as we get some weird psychedelic noise. And then we hear, I guess, what's some sort of uh, Yiddish scripture being written. Right, Being uh, read, rather, from the preacher. 
uh, as we get a call him a rabbi. Oh yeah, from the rabbi. Uh, as we get a freeze frame and the credits scroll on the screen while we get some organ music. And that somehow is the end of Confessions of a Teenage Peanut Butter Freak. All right, we're going to take one last break here, and then we'll be back with our review of Confessions of a Teenage Peanut Butter Freak. No, no. Do what I did to you. I can't. Yes, you can. It won't hurt you. No. You better do as I tell you, Billy, or else I'm going to have to tell your mother you were playing with yourself. Oh, no, Aunt Opal, please don't do that. Then do as you're told. I'm going to show you how much better sex is with a woman than with yourself, whether you like it or not. Here, let's give it a little flavor. Well, thank you for this opportunity. It's been lovely. Uh, we're back. We're back on the Raincoat Report to uh, give our final thoughts on confessions of a teenage peanut butter freak so jeremy why don't you uh lead us off sure i'm glad that you had the task of saying the name of the film the majority of the time Uh, i didn't do a great job all of the times no you didn't it's a real tongue twister which is my my first complaint (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no um for me uh this film was kind of middle of the road. It wasn't as good as some of the stuff we'd been watching in previous weeks. Um, like we've had some real heavy hitters lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's not as bad as, you know, like something like The Geek Is or Pulsating Flesh to go back to like that, like, you know, on a technical and interest holding level. Right. So it's like it's right in the middle there. It's good in its place, like peanut butter. Right. <laughs> um, unless you're the character in this movie and you never put the other slice of bread on the top. You're some kind of health-conscious maniac. I guess it's good for cutting down the carbs. Yeah. Um, you want to expand your peanut butter consumption, but not necessarily your bread consumption. Yeah, that's true. So maybe they're doing it right, and that's why well, we're all fat now. So we have <laughs> that second slice of bread. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Like I said, this film, is, uh, it's right there in the middle for me. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, I feel like the uh, the title doesn't deliver on its promise. I feel like the peanut butter use was uh, kind of an underplayed element, to be honest. Okay. Uh, you know, there's the, everyone should have been slathered in peanut butter if he <laughs> was a real freak. Um, or at least... It could have been in more encounters, more uh, centrally, uh, okay. or like even like peripherally, just to kind of tie things together a little bit more uh, thematically. Yeah. Um, that said, it's still a, it's it's an interesting film. Uh, the narrative's kind of cool. Um, the way it's kind of broken down into sort of an anthology uh, vignette structure. Yeah. That sort of explores uh, Billy's coming of age. It's uh, appropriately awkward for. Something like that. Right. Uh, and I think uh, Zachary Strong does a has a strong performance <laughs> as a kind of a weird teenager who's going through what are honestly, like, on the surface, kind of like some fucked up abusive kind of stuff in a way. <laughs> right. But, like, the mechanics of it, the way they set it up, it makes it kind of more fun and bizarre, like, sort of in that pretty Peaches way. Yeah. Um, where it kind of rises above the be like, this is kind of fuck, 
this is weird, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I read a little bit about it. Apparently, Zachary Strong had some kind of abuse in his past, uh, sort of related to that. So, yeah, he. Uh... I listened to the first mm-hmm. few minutes of the interview that's on the DVD, kind mm-hmm. of like a commentary track during yeah. the film. And he had mentioned that he, uh, you know, had had been uh, the victim of some sexual abuse while he was in the military, apparently. Sure. Um, and he kind of liked the world of pornography because it was something that took sex and kind of just looked at it as fun. Yeah. And so that was kind of his way of coping with it. Sure. Yeah, uh, that which works. It could be questionable whether or not it was the best approach, but I mean it seems to have worked all right for him. So Yeah, he made it he made a couple of movies and it's yeah. not bad, you know. Exactly. It gave him that spark. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that said, um you know, it's it's pretty good. It's uh there's a lot of like real like uh awkward moments that feel pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, and then just some kind of just weird stuff, um, Mm -hmm. in general, like the wedding scene at the end is just a very bizarre way to end the film. Right. But it kind of ties back because, uh, to like, I guess like the film sort of theme of manipulation a little bit because some of the flashbacks of things are kind of like, uh, Priscilla saying like she didn't expect anything or like luring in at him in with peanut butter right and stuff like that and he kind of i think was kind of realizing hey this is the same thing that's happened to me before oh yeah which is a little bit more of a bummer but that's kind of how the ending feels anyway uh, right pretty downer for a comedy yeah I, I hadn't really thought about it that way but that makes perfect sense yeah um I think it just has a couple, maybe some tonal problems and kind of trying to kind of ride that line between I want to look at like abuse, but also want to make people laugh. Right. Which is a a tough road to walk down. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, God bless him. He tried. Yeah. Uh, And for his efforts, I reward him a three. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Court adjourned. (laughs) Yeah, I'd agree. Um, This is a film that I had sort of mixed feelings about but more on the more on the positive side um i had seen this once before but i didn't have a really good memory of it but i did remember thinking that it was interesting so when we were coming up with movies i kind of wanted to come up with one that wasn't quite as big but was kind of interesting so Mm -hmm. i threw this into the mix and uh uh, I definitely am happy that I watched it again. There are definitely several things about this film that I like. Right. I think some of the comedy is good. I think that the weirdness of the uh, scenarios, especially uh, in particular the ones with uh, Billy growing up and all of that, his, right. his aunt thing, his cousin thing, uh, those Jeff. are... Yeah, Je- the the uh, deal with Jeff, but even uh, Priscilla's thing where uh, uh, Les and uh, George hunted her <laughs> naked through the woods. Yeah. Uh, that was also fun. Uh, she didn't wear shoes, unlike Lena Romay in uh, I noticed that. Countess Perverse. I made a note, and I was like, they could have done it. <laughs> but all of that, I think that... Uh, all of those scenes are fun in their own way, so that's good. There's just a general weirdness to this film that a, 
a lot of films of the era have, but in their own unique ways. And I feel like this has its own unique, weird feel to it. It does. It kind of feels kind of like sort of like a character study a little yeah. bit in a pornography, which you don't get a whole lot. Yeah. Like the characters are pretty well developed all around. Right. Which is something I neglected in saying, but at least Billy is like, you get like a whole sense of who he is and why he grows the facial hair. He does. Right. (laughs) But uh, I think that they did a good job of making you uh, sympathize or empathize with Billy as a character. He's he means well, but he's really awkward and he's got good reason to be awkward because he's had uh, a lot of weird uh, situations in the past, to say the least. Um, You know, constantly being victimized to the point where he doesn't really have the. the tools for a normal adult sexual relationship, but he meets uh, Priscilla, who seems to be uh, willing to work with him on all of that, and uh, they fall in love, probably. Sort of. Sort of. Maybe. There's definitely, like, some... I would say this isn't necessarily the best directed and edited film we've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some shots that aren't that great, and there's, you know... I I wouldn't hold this to the same standards as our higher budget films that we look at. It wouldn't really be fair to do so. Yeah. But it it is one of those things where it's fairly low budget, but it has enough uh, personality to kind of stand out in its own way rather than just being one of the cheap movies that we watch sometimes, which this kind of is, but is special in its own way. Right. I would say that I would have preferred if at the end uh, he ate a peanut butter cream pie. Yeah, and, that would have uh, been a better ending. And that that was it? Yeah. <laughs> None of this uh, existential wedding nonsense at the end? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would have been a funner ending, and it would have been like, oh, great, Billy got the girl at the end and ended happy ever after. That's, the girl of his dreams, they love each other. That's not how life is. Yeah, I guess it's not in... Uh, Mr. Zachary Strong, Zachary Youngblood, Rex Roman. Gerald Greystone. Gerald Greystone. Whoever is in charge of this. Whoever you are. Whoever you are. uh, I feel like they had to, they felt the need to give a bummer ending because they have dark thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that. I just would have preferred a nice, happier ending, especially since the film itself is kind of a comedy. I do wish that the uh, peanut butter from the commercial earlier became a bigger part of the film. Yeah. Because it it wasn't specifically called out at any point. I don't think it was even um, like as like a fake product on the grocery store. Right. He was just eating Jiffy and Peter Pan. Right. Yeah. And I feel like more peanut butter use in the sexual acts would have been better. Uh, we did have the aunt who spread peanut butter on her labia earlier on, and that that was good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, the peanut butter cream pie, that should have been the end of the film. Should have been the end. But, uh, you know, despite those issues, uh, I had a good time with it. Again, I, I think that Billy as a character worked really well in this film, and Priscilla gets a little bit of her own character, even though she's clearly not given uh, uh, the same level of uh, attention uh, despite them trading stories but she only got to tell one story and he told three yeah so he really hogged the mic 
Yeah, he really, really did. He really for... spoke all over her and mansplained and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I would also agree with a three-star rating. That was what I was going to go for. All right. Um, not quite at the, the three-and-a-half-star level, but it's got enough uh, personality to rise above that 2.5. I like it. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun time. It was a fun little time. So constantly interrupted time for me. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, I can't wait to hear further stories about how your parents make it hard for you to watch pornography. Yeah, they're uh, really. They need to get off my back. <laughs> what? Just, I'm assuming that there's not a lock on that door. There is a lock on the door, and I feel like maybe I've told this story before, but. Um, <laughs> When I was pretty young, I had like a normal lock on the door and I right. just, I locked the door from the inside, um, which necessitated getting a new doorknob. Oh, okay. Um, and the new doorknob has like a slot on the back that you can just like stick like any coin into or really anything into and open it up. Right. And, um, that's the only door like that in the whole house. So right. maybe I'll switch doors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just move one door to another and get my privacy back because the way it is my mom if it's locked she will sometimes not respect that she don't respect that the door is closed i mean not recently but like years ago right uh she'll just like stick something in and be like oh hey what are you doing oh uh, see up? i figured that she wouldn't have taken the extra step no she will she's a maniac <laughs> Oh, that sucks, man. I <laughs> It'll be okay. I'll just come over here and start watching them. Fair enough. Yeah. That's that's peanut butter for you. That's peanut butter for you. Uh, well, speaking of peanut butter, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Uh, we've got a Raincoat Report Facebook group or Facebook page or whatever it is. Yeah, it's one of those. RaincoatReport at gmail.com to send us an email. Uh, any last words before we say goodbye to the Raincoat Report faithful? Uh, I'm pretty hungry. Let's go to the gas station and get some peanut butter cream pies. Uh, yes, uh, peanut butter cream pies yeah. are now on the mind. Yeah, I'm hungry. Let's go eat. All right. Well, uh, with that note, uh, thanks once again, everybody, for listening. Uh, help us keep 42nd Street alive, and don't forget your raincoat. Because I'm a man, act like a man, act like a man. Yeah.